The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by tripinsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up a little later on in the show, we'll get a review of Carnival Triumph out of Galveston from Nelson. So he'll be checking in in just a little bit. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with Cruise News. But first, don't forget to follow us on Snapchat. Our Snapchat name is Cruise Radio. Uh, some sailings coming up, so uh, looking forward to that and snapping along the way. Also, Cruise Radio News. It's our Facebook group where we talk about the cruise news and get in arguments and all kinds of fun stuff. So follow us along there. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook. All right. It's Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good. And uh, so much big news happening this week. Let's start off with Disney announcing two new cruise ships 50 years in advance. <laughs> when you wish upon a cruise. Right. Uh, yeah, they, they announced that uh, they're going to have uh, two new ships coming out. Uh, the first one will be 2021. I think, Doug, you might be uh, 30 by that point. Mm-hmm, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 2023, the ships are going to be slightly larger than what they currently have at about 130,000. They'll be about 135,000. So it'll be uh, some interesting stuff for uh, for Disney when uh, they get uh, an additional two ships, which I mean, they, they can easily absorb well we were talking uh, before we started recording you were looking at the pictures of these ships does it look much different from fantasy and dream i mean there, there's some slight differences but you know like the top deck in the front there's some glass enclosures but uh you know the ships the structure of the ships themselves look similar you know as, as always you're always trying to read between the lines and try to get some see if there are any uh interesting tells but uh they look uh, remarkably similar interesting all right well moving on here carnival magic uh, was just recently in a dry dock in freeport bahamas getting all fancified uh, what did she get and uh, where is she going next month well the uh, right now she's back in her home port of galveston and then she's going to be heading over to port canaveral uh which you know is a continually rotating ships uh, originally carnival dream started there I was there for a long time, and they brought in Sunshine, and now they're bringing in Magic, which which was the second of the uh, Carnival Dream Class ships, and uh, I think it, I think it'll do well with uh, you know Carnival Magic and of course Disney Magic. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of magic in Canaveral. Well, there always <laughs> is. Disney's right down the road. Why not? Okay, good. So we're looking forward to Carnival Magic uh, heading to Florida next month. Uh, moving on, some kind of a, some sad news here. Uh, someone jumped slash fell off Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas off the coast of Key Biscayne, Florida. And uh, what was the final end of the story? Well, I don't think well, we we know exactly what happened, mm-hmm. but there are various reports coming that uh, there was an argument with a woman. Some people say that uh, there was a very loud argument with the mother, 
And then the passenger decided, look, you just don't fall off cruise ships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, apparently he was uh, quite inebriated, and, and of course they, they never found him. It's just a, a tragic loss for for he and his family. And uh, I don't think we'll, we'll learn much more about uh, what happened uh, unless some other witnesses uh, come forward. Yeah, it's weird. It's stories like this that pop up because everybody wants to argue they didn't jump, they fell, or they didn't fall, they jumped. But it pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much you're jumping. You, you just don't fall off a cruise Exactly, ship. like the, you the said. high railings, mm-hmm. you have to climb up a pretty good, uh, to a pretty good height in order to get uh, over the railing. And a lot of times you see you know, passengers jumping from cabin to cabin. Uh, in this case, I mean, there, there's no proof that that happened uh, other than he, he was there and then he, he wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on here, uh, the uh, the elephant in the room. We'll go ahead and address this because <laughs> we everybody's talking about a Oasis class ship going to Japan. Rumor or fact? Got news for you, Doug. One hundred percent. Right now for two thousand eighteen, it's it's an absolute rumor. And you're one hundred percent sure. One hundred percent sure. Okay. There was an interview that was that was given to a Japanese news source, and that source uh, through translation mistranslated, and uh, said that uh, there was an Oasis-class ship heading to Japan in 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know from, from excellent sources that uh, this indeed is not the case. Uh, they are out there exploring Japanese ports for ships to visit, but the problem right now in Southeast Asia are very limited ports that can accommodate ships much larger than the quantum class, which mm-hmm. is 168,000, meaning uh, right now there, there aren't enough port. They, they can't handle an Oasis-class ship. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So uh, go ahead and squash that for 2018. Moving on here, Norwegian Cruise Line just released their 2017-18 deployments. Anything big or kind of business as usual for them? Well, I, I think some shocking news. Uh, Norwegian Escape, their newest and largest ship, uh, is going to remain in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, sailing <laughs> Eastern Caribbean. So I think that's very exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Norwegian Epic, I mean, this is some other exciting news. Norwegian Epic, which uh, is in Europe right now and uh, will be coming back to the States but going to Port Canaveral, will be doing that, doing so again in the fall of 2017. Wow. So that'll be Big two stuff. years in a row mm-hmm. that uh, there will be uh, an, an NCL ship and Epic uh, in Canaveral. So I think that's pretty uh, exciting. And uh, Norwegian Gem is going to continue to sail on the 10 and 11 night sailings from New York, which I think uh, they'll believe is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then their oldest ship, the uh, Norwegian Spirit, which uh, debuted for their uh, for Genting back in 1998, will be going into dry dock in early 17. And then she's going to remain in Europe for the fall and winter of 2017. I mean, it's very, very exciting. Well, I mean, it is kind of interesting that they put Getaway over in Europe for a season because Getaway was like Miami's ship at one point. Right. Well, and it's, it still is. It's, it's, it's coming back. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a nice way to expose other people to Norwegian's breakaway class of ship. It's interesting. You know, they talked about... Caribbean, Bermuda, Europe, Canada, New England. So we've seen Getaway, we've seen Escape, but uh, there's been no discussion about Breakaway. 
which is uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, very. I was told that, you know, to be followed. And, of course, the part of America, which, you know, right now is in dry dock, is going to be continuing weekly sailings from Honolulu to the Hawaiian Islands hmm. through 2018. So I, I think everyone's probably going to be shocked by that fact. <laughs> well, <laughs> sarcasm aside, I do want to say that she's been in dry dock for, or what, three and a half weeks. Are we going to see any, I mean, last time we asked you about it, you really didn't know much what was going to happen uh, to Norwegian Pride, uh, or Pride of America, rather, when she came out of dry dock. Do you know anything else you could tell us? Because she's been there yeah, for three and a half um, weeks. Well, I mean, she's, she's, in, she's in a three and a half week dry dock uh, her, uh, right now. Her first sailing, uh, she's going to be sailing back to Hawaii on March the 15th. Uh, I'm actually flying out there to, to see her and do some TV uh, hits from the ship, showing people what it's like in dry dock, because the ship is in San Francisco. But, uh, I mean, they're going to be uh, doing uh, a lot of different things. Um, you know, they're going to be redesigning a lot of spaces, which some of the, a lot of spaces were actually already done. So new restaurants that you'll find on a lot of the other Norwegian ships uh, were there. Uh, they're going to be adding a gelato. For those of you that uh, don't know what gelato is, that's ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, they're going to have, you know, new decor, they're going to have new restaurant entrances, new flooring, new carpets, new bars. Um, you know, the skyline main dining room is being refreshed. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, you know, new stuff that that's being done to make the ship nicer. I mean, there's, I mean, believe it or not, Doug. I mean, as far as ticket prices, that is the single single highest cruise ship of a major cruise line that, that is sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to continually make the ship looking good. But it's also the most expensive ship to operate because of it is in Hawaii, and uh, it is U.S. flagged, U.S. registered, and it does have majority U.S. crew, pool decks, jacuzzis, uh, art galleries. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff. But I mean, they they, they claim that what's going to happen is, I mean, this ship is going to look better than it did when it was brand new in uh, when it debuted in 2005. Got a listener question here for you, Stuart. If you have a listener question, shoot it to comments at cruiseradio.net. Christopher asks, why are so many of our favorite ships heading over to Asia? Well, it's interesting. Uh, and first of all, that's a, that's a great question. We, we read a lot about Asia. But let's keep in mind there are, there are a lot of ships that are going. Carnival Cruise Line has said, you know what, we're not going in 17... Uh, we're going to push it back to 18 at the earliest for us. But think about it. We've what shifts have we really lost, Doug? Mm-hmm. We uh, we had Quantum of the Seas that uh, was here, and uh, the rug got ripped from under us. And you know that that ship went to Asia. Majestic Princess was never slated to come here, so we didn't lose her. Ovation of the Seas was never slated to come here. So uh, in Norwegian Bliss. Well, yeah, it was slated to come to the U.S. in 2017, but um, we never really had it. So it wasn't like something was yanked from here and moved over there. But uh, what they have done is they have taken some of the older ships that uh, have debuted and moved them over to the uh, China and Australia markets. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it would have been great for the Seven Night Caribbean itineraries to have had an, uh, a quantum-class ship which Anthem was scheduled to be there, but uh, they, they instead took put it up in New York to replace Quantum when she went. But, uh, you know, we really haven't lost anything, but there is some growth opportunities, and right now the cruise lines are jockeying for positioning in that market uh, in case it does explode. But uh, 
I mean, it's going to take years and years of, of capital uh, development to develop those, those ports and infrastructure to accommodate uh, more ships than kind of what's been slated at this point. Well, I like it because it's like five cruise lines right now are saying they have the first purpose-built Chinese ship, and it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> who really has know, it? But the, the reality is that um, Royal Caribbean's Ovation of the Seas will be the first when she debuts out there in May of this year, beating uh, NCL by an entire year, and then you know followed by uh, Majestic Princess. But you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, they are essentially just repurposing spaces. The Chinese passengers want Western experiences, but uh, they also want spaces that you know make them you know feel comfortable on on ships you know somewhat designed for them. But uh, they do want higher end shopping. They do want different you know experiences and dining experiences that uh, are not found here. They want more shopping. They want more casinos. They want more karaoke. And you know the cruise lines are just kind of repurposing certain areas to, to accommodate these other needs. Very nice. You've been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Stuart, safe travels over to the West Coast tomorrow, and have a good one, man. Thanks, bud. And uh, we will post some pictures of Pirate of America in the shipyard for the Cruise Radio listeners. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. On the line is Nelson from Oklahoma. He just returned from a five-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Triumph out of Galveston. Nelson's on the line right now. What's up, Nelson? Hey, Doug. Good to be here. Thank you for being here, my friend, and for being a, being a loyal listener. Now, before we get to Carnival Triumph, let's take a step back and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. Why did you want to sail Carnival Triumph out of Galveston? Okay, so... My wife and I have kind of started tradition every February, which is our anniversary, we take a cruise. And so we usually go out of Galveston because it's the closest port of call to where we live and we can drive down there. Mm -hmm. But this year we decided to change it up a little bit and take our three kids. So we have an eight-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and a six-month-old son. So they had not cruised. Well, my daughter's cruised a little bit, but my other two kids have not cruised, obviously. And so we were looking more for price than we were anything else. So, uh, and we wanted to try a shorter cruise, especially with all three kids. 
And so that was more of our pre-cruise thoughts was let's try something shorter, see how they do before we try something seven days or longer. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Texas is a pretty a long state, and you live in Oklahoma. How long of a drive was that to Galveston? So we left Friday night. We left on the ship Saturday. So we drove down Friday after I got off work, and it was about an eight-hour drive, and we actually stayed right outside of Galveston in Texas City. So it was about an eight-hour drive. Well, yeah, and just to put it in perspective, it's eight hours from here in Jacksonville to Key West. So uh, that's kind of a, <laughs> a long way there, yeah, a few hundred miles. Um, nice. Well, let's talk about embarkation. Once you got to the cruise pier, talk to us about embarkation and the parking situation and all of that. Okay, so we always park at an off-site parking, which is $35 for five days, maybe but maybe 38 with taxes. So it's pretty convenient. It's a couple blocks away. So we always park there. So I'll drop my wife and my kids off with the luggage and get, got the luggage to the porter. Around 1130, I went and parked the car. I got back to the terminal around 1140, 1145. And we actually were in Terminal 2, which is a smaller of the two terminals because Carnival Freedom was also in port that day. But we had priority boarding, so that helped a lot with the kids. And from the time that I got back to the terminal to the time we got on the ship was probably less than 20 minutes. It went extremely nice. fast. Now, you say you had priority boarding. Did you? Are you platinum, or did you purchase faster to the fun? We actually uh, had a, a grand suite, so that okay. includes priority boarding. Right? Gotcha, gotcha. Did you, already, did you already tell me that? I can't remember. No, I hadn't told you that yet. Okay, gotcha. I was making sure. I was like, I'm listening. I know I am. Nice. Well, you, uh, what were your first impressions of the ship once you boarded Carnival Triumph? So it's, you know, it's very similar in design to... We've been on Freedom and Conquest, and it's very similar to Freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, not quite as large, but it's very similar to the same decor, you know, the old style that they've had for years and years, very loud, very mm -hmm. brass. And so we were very familiar with – we had never been on the ship, but it seemed like the other ships that we've been on recently. So my kids were extremely impressed. They, they didn't realize the uh, how big the ship was. You know, they were thinking, oh, we're going on a boat. So, right. um, you know, that you could kind of see their eyes open up. So, yeah, it was, it's a pretty ship. It's uh, it's smaller, but it's still nice. You make your way to your stateroom. Uh, you mentioned you had a grand suite. So how was that for you? It's pretty amazing. It's the first time we've actually had anything bigger than a balcony. And so, but we decided to go on with a grand suite with the five of us in there. And it's very, very spacious. It's probably the best decision we made. And since we were making the the ship is more of our vacation than, more than the Porter Calls, we decided, you know, to upgrade to the suite. And, you know, we had a king size bed in there and then the queen size that pulls out from the couch. And then we actually brought our own baby bed because we wanted to make, try to give our youngest the most home-like feeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, and then, you know, it has a vanity room, which is uh, very nice. My wife enjoyed that because she could kind of get away from us and get ready and get dressed. And then uh, the bathroom has, has a jacuzzi tub. Uh, the bathroom is very spacious, and uh, my kids love the jacuzzi tub. Nice. So, oh, and the balcony also. The balcony is basically double the size of a regular balcony. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you how the, the balcony compared, but the double the size. That's a, Now, is, there like a, is it a wraparound balcony or just a normal balcony double the size? So it's a normal balcony double size. This this room was right in the middle of the ship, okay. literally four seven right in the middle. Gotcha. I'm just curious, uh, you being a parent of three, how do you feel about like your kids being out on the balcony and the the height of the rails? I'm just curious. I don't have kids. That was one of my main concerns, probably going uh, onto the ship. And obviously, we had the rule: you're not allowed on the balcony without me or my wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the most part, they adhere to that rule. And Fortunately, my eight-year-old is fairly responsible, but 
or my younger, my four four year old, he's a, very, a little bit adventurous, and so they actually have a uh, they have a door and it has a lock at the top that you can lock. Gotcha. So anytime we were sleeping or you know one of us was in the shower or something like that and getting ready, we would just lock that so he couldn't wander out there by himself. Gotcha. Interesting. Now let's talk about the dining experience aboard Carnival Triumph. Carnival Triumph is a fun ship. 2.0 ship. It got refurbished back uh, after it broke down in 2013. Came out with a Guy's Burger joint, the taco place. Uh, what is, I'm drawing a blank. Blue Iguana Cantina. Blue Iguana. Yeah. yeah. It's got the two main dining rooms, uh, London Room and Paris. Yeah. Paris, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. my memory's really coming to play now. And it also has a, I guess it has a steakhouse too, right? This one did not have no. a steakhouse. Okay. My memory so, failed me. Which was very unfortunate. Yeah. So. Talk to us about the, uh, let's start at the top and talk about the Lido deck area, and then we'll work our way down from there. So talk to us about the Lido deck and the, uh, the outside venues. Okay, perfect. So the Guy's Burgers obviously was my kid's favorite place to eat on a ship, period. <laughs> and also one of mine, although I didn't eat as many this time as I did last time. Okay. So um, the lines were longer. When we first got on the ship, you know, everybody kind of mingles to the Lido deck, and the line was extremely long. But uh, don't be afraid. If you ever go to a Guy's Burger and the line's long, they go fast. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously Guy's Burgers are all they're cracked up to be. They're very good. But I had never really tried the Blue Iguana, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I think it's kind of a hidden gem. You can get through that line about half the time you get through the Guy's Burgers line. So that was one of my favorite places to eat by the end of the cruise. I never tried the lunch buffet because I was either at the burger place or mm-hmm. the uh, Blue Iguana, but my wife tried the buffet, and she she said it was okay. Yeah. wasn't amazing. She said the fruit, you know, it's kind of out of season for fruit. So she said it was okay. Not great, but she wasn't disappointed, but it just wasn't as good as maybe a blue iguana or guys burgers. It seems like Carnival's buffet has been the same since I've been cruising. Uh, it's, you know, you have the, the chicken dish, you have like the, you know, the pasta there. It just pretty much seems yep. the same. And you have to kind of venture out the out a little bit from there. The breakfast, did you get breakfast in the, uh, at the blue iguana by chance? So I did breakfast at the Blue Iguana one day. It was very good. I did breakfast at the Omelette Your Way, which is my favorite place for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we also did breakfast in the dining room one day. And I would pass in the dining room. That's just my personal preference. It was okay. It was nice with the kids because it was quicker and you didn't have as much chaos because uh, there wasn't very many people in there. But to me, just the food wasn't quite as good as on uh, like the omelet your way, which is extremely fresh, and even the uh, blue iguana. And we also, uh, my wife didn't try the breakfast because she liked to sleep in, so <laughs> it was usually just me. Fair enough. Uh, did you do the sea day brunch in the main dining room? I did not. We no. did not go to the main dining room during the uh, middle of the day. Gotcha. We did try the room service mm-hmm. and the new kind of new menu items. Like the hot items. Yeah, how was that? And uh, I thought it was good. And it's not quite as much as I expected, but everything was very, very good. It was still hot when I got it, and it was very tasty. So. Let's let's talk about your uh, your dining experience in the main dining room. So first off, what time dining did you have? We had six o'clock. Okay. And what was your experience in the main dining room, and what did you think of it? You know, the the waiter, our main waiter, was very good. The junior staff that helps help the main waiter, they were okay. They were average. American Feast, this is, I think, my first time to have that. Mm-hmm. I can take it or leave it. It's okay. It's not great. You know, we were on a five-day, so we never had the steak and lobster. We had prime rib twice, and it's not my favorite cut of meat, but it was pretty good. Like I said, it was okay, but not great. All right. Let's move on to entertainment. What did you think of entertainment aboard Triumph? So the um, entertainment at night, the nighttime shows, we were not a fan of. It's no. still kind of the old shows, the Broadway-type shows. We went to one on 
our second night and left after about five minutes. Uh. And then we tried again on Wednesday night and left after about five minutes. So we just weren't, my fans were or my kids weren't a uh, fan of it and neither were my wife and I, but now the kids shows that they did were amazing. We participated in the cat in the hat reading, which was very entertaining. We also did the Seuss breakfast with a cat in the hat and thing one and thing two, which was a pretty big hit for the kids. Now this is going to sound crazy, but they had the most amazing puppet show in the world. In the ship. <laughs> <laughs> like it was kind of, we stumbled on it. It was in the main theater and it was a uh, absolutely, it was a, a full out production. It was amazing. So the other thing we did was we did Dr. Seuss's birthday was on the Wednesday that we were on the ship and we actually went to his birthday party, which was really, really cool. So the kids shows and things that we participated in were great. The adult, more adult type shows were not good at all in our opinion. I I can't really remember the entertainment aboard the carnival ships before fun ship or yeah. So before fun ship 2.0 with the playlist production. So what, what was the entertainment like? Was it like kind of a hokey Vegas type show? Like what what was, what are the old shows like? Yeah. So it's very much a Vegas style. Okay. So, uh, they, then they had one that was like a new Orleans style. It just wasn't much to it. Yeah. It was, Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can take it or leave it. Let's talk about sea days. We like to talk about how the ship handles itself on sea days as far as passenger flow, both inside and outside of the ship by the pool and all that. So how was your sea day experience? We had two sea days, uh, Sunday and Wednesday. And, you know, it flowed pretty well. Uh, the buffets went pretty quickly. The guys burgers and blue iguana are all around there, which is right around the pool area. That all went very quickly. Now they had stuff shut down on Wednesday because I guess of uh, high winds, but uh, so they had the slides and stuff shut down. But uh, it, it flows smoothly. You know, my kids enjoyed running around. Uh, they have a little kids area there, and then uh, the putt putt. They enjoyed that. So and all that. I mean, it was a little bit crowded, but you know, not too bad. The shops. They were fairly crowded, you know, where they do all their last-minute sales and stuff right. like that. But besides that, it was, um, you know, the ship flowed very, very smoothly. I love those those shop sales because they act like you'll never see these deals again ever. <laughs> and then you go yeah. on your next cruise, and it's the same uh, bait and switch there for you. Let's just briefly touch on the ports you hit and what you did in each one. Like I said at the beginning, you know, we were more just – going to do the um, ship as our vacation. Mm-hmm. So we went to Progresso the first time, or the first port day, and we didn't really do much. We just got out. Progresso is Progresso. Right, sure. you have to, it's, it's a four-mile pier, so you're like literally four miles from the from land. And I, I don't know, with five people and three kids and one six months, we just chose not to do an excursion. Yeah, so we went around sucks. shopping. Right. But literally after about 45 minutes, our kids were ready to get back on the ship. But I will say we went with a lot of first-time cruisers on the ship. And if you're on a shorter cruise, you're going to have a lot of first-time. It's a great time to stay on the ship and have the ship to yourself. Yeah. So that we enjoyed that because our kids did the slide and were able to play and not be, and there was just no one on the ship. Cool. Uh, where else and then we went to Cozumel, which is obviously a staple in the carnival on the Western Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I had looked earlier, and there was five ships in port that day. Cool. And so I was like, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be hectic. And we went out for about an hour and a half and uh, just walked around, went by the beach right there by the pier, but we didn't stay out very long, and my kids were ready to get back on the ship, so that's what we did. Nice. And then you uh, headed back to Galveston? 
Yeah, so yeah, we had one sea day from Cozumel to Galveston. And I will say this was the smoothest cruise I've ever been on as far as weather. Mm-hmm. It was it was hardly any rocking. Nice. Uh, that was so, nice. So you're making your way back to Galveston. You get there. It's time to disembark. Uh, how was that process for you? I know a lot of people will say it's touch and go getting off the ship in Galveston. So what was your experience? So this is our fourth time cruising out of Galveston, and they're very much right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other times it's been uh, very hectic getting off. We actually worked in Terminal 1, which is obviously like the larger terminal. And this was the part I was most nervous about with the kids, you know, not them not wanting to go home and standing in a long line for an hour. But we did not do self-assist. We actually did the zone boarding. And we were zone 1, so we were the first right after self-assist. They called our number, and it was about... 15 to 20 minutes and we were back out of the terminal. So oh, it went, yeah. so, but we, we got a little bit lucky. They had, so Galveston had to set up, set up passport lines and then pass and then birth certificate lines. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a little, little bit of mixture. We had, my wife and I had passports, my kids had birth certificates and they actually let us go on the passport line because we had kids. So we were actually able to skip the long lines. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think more more cruise ports should do that. I know the ones I've gotten off on here in Florida, it's just one queue, and it's like a ride at Disney World, and you're waiting yeah, for hours. You know, yeah, you know, what, since we've gotten the passports at um, Galveston, it's been quick. I mean, yeah. there's like five to ten people in a line, and it goes so fast. Yeah, that, that's cool there. Uh, let's talk about your overall thoughts. What were your overall thoughts of Carnival Triumph? You know, I was trying to view this more from my kids' eyes and either my eyes or my wife's eyes because we've been we've cruised quite a bit but we would do it again in a heartbeat my kids absolutely enjoyed it um you know the stuff that we saw is maybe a little bit disappointment they don't see Mm -hmm. and so uh they're just happy to be on vacation they're happy to have this you know in their eyes everything's fine so it was a great experience and if you're ever cruising with young kids try to get a bigger room (laughs) because the space is very very well worth the extra money. You were mentioning um, that your kids really enjoyed like the Dr. Seuss and all that. Uh, did they part- mm-hmm. uh, partake in the kids program on board, the Camp Ocean, I think it's called now? Right. Yeah, we signed them up, but they never went. Gotcha. Um, they wanted to stick close to mom and dad. And, you know, in my opinion, is, you know, it's a family vacation and I don't want to put my kids in a day- daycare <laughs> when I'm trying to spend time with them. So it was kind of, we signed them up, but we never went. Gotcha. Okay. Very nice. Well, we've been talking with Nelson out of Oklahoma. He just returned from a five-night Caribbean, Western Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Triumph out of Galveston. Nelson, thanks uh, for being on the show and the detailed review, my friend. Have a good evening. Right, you too, Doug. Thank you. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, 
Email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.